everyone, welcome to another Drifter Ruby interview. I'm David Kamira, and today I'm interviewing a very special guest and friend, Riaz. Hey. Riaz, so how do you pronounce your last name? I want to make sure I'm not messing that up. Yeah, it's uh, Verani. Okay. So tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you? Why are you famous? Where do you work? And what are some of the things that you do? Sure. So, uh, you know, I've been a developer in the Atlanta area for a while. Um, I currently work as the CTO of a company called Loadup Technologies. So we're kind of based out of the Brave Stadium area. And we do some interesting stuff. We're uh, one of the nation's uh, largest uh, junk removal companies. So we, we sort of are the Uber for, for junk removal in terms of getting rid of people's stuff they don't want. Awesome. And so they have a whole development team around just uh, that that company. Yeah, yeah. So we we build a bunch of software that um, essentially helps bridge for, for both our partner uh, companies, which are like large sort of furniture companies, or especially the, the big uh, bed-in-the-box mattress companies, as well as retail customers, and all of the, the drivers out there across the entire nation that, you know, like if you want to get rid of a treadmill or a couch, um, you put an order in with us and we have all the sort of fancy software that lets us price things uh, up front, et cetera, that a lot of our competitors don't have, especially because they're all franchised and they have to, you have to like call someone and then wait for them to come out and give you a quote. So we make it all a lot easier and therefore uh, our business is growing. Awesome. And so today I had you on here to talk about Ruby meetups or really just meetups in general. So this doesn't have to be specific to Ruby. And you are the organizer for the Atlanta Ruby users group. Can you tell us a little bit about the users group and uh, just really your adventures in it? Yeah, so I got involved with the group um, really when I started becoming a developer. I was a uh, sort of on the product management side uh, for, for various technology stuff for many years. And I came to Atlanta and the Ruby users group was really one of the first groups I started just attending. Um, and the community was just super, super friendly to um, you know younger developers and to people coming into Ruby. And uh, you know meetups were a really good way for me to meet developers and get familiar as well as uh, you know sort of become more comfortable with the notion of, of being a developer. So after that, uh, since I've been to regular tender, the, Previous organizer Patrick Van Stee, he gave me um, sort of the, the keys to the castle when he decided he was going to do some some remote work and do more travel. And uh, we've been—I I don't know the exact number of years, but it's been a few years, and I've been you know, doing it. I think I think we've only missed a month or two in several years now um, of doing it. Awesome. And so the reason why I wanted you to come on here today to talk about the meetups is because I think, and myself included in this, there's a lot that we take for granted. You know, there's this meetup, we can just go on a website or Google to find our local Ruby's meetups or whatever our interest is. And then someone is there, they have, you know, some pizza or some other kind of food, desserts, they have a presentation, a speaker. So is that stuff just kind of come magically or, you know, I want your thoughts on, you yeah. know, what all is involved? Like, what are we taking for granted that we just don't realize when we come to one of these meetups? Yeah. You know, what's funny is um, when I first started doing it, it was definitely a, a decent amount of work. And I was asking myself those same questions and I tried a bunch of things and I'd say uh, to figure out the right pattern. Um, and, and now really it is fairly on autopilot, but maybe that's the way I feel because I've been doing it so long and, I figured out the ways to make it really, really time efficient. Um, my wife has been kind of going through some of the same challenges because she became the organizer of the Atlanta React meetup recently and took over that. So she's been, 
I've been trying to give her the same advice of like, hey, like here's some some patterns that make it really easy to manage and make it really easy to make it consistent uh, that I sort of figured out over the years. So a couple of those are um, in terms of say sponsorship. Um, there's two kinds of sponsors I found, and and there's really a couple only needs you have. So the the sponsors who are always really really ready to offer you any sort of resource are going to be recruiters. Um, and in reality, they're going to be really helpful to you right when they need people in your language, and then they won't be helpful at all. Um, secondly, sometimes they're a little too aggressive because they think that it needs to their involvement um, is going to lead to them placing people, um, and it doesn't always do that, right? They're going to get exposure to people, but it doesn't just mean it's going to give them money. So I would say, you know, I don't discourage recruiters from attending, but I don't really rely upon them as resources from a uh, organization or financial perspective for the meetup. The other one that's really big is going to be companies. Um, and I've actually found those to be far more reliable. Um, so again, the things you need are going to be space, money for food, and also uh, potentially resources to fly out speakers if you choose to do that. Companies who are really uh, bought into a technology, like if your stack is Ruby and you're growing and you're not going to be able to instantly choose to refactor out of it, you have a pretty vested stake in connecting with that community, having your own engineers be exposed to that community um, over the long term. And so uh, asking them to contribute in terms of providing a venue, a recurring venue, as well as a financial resource in the form of like food, they seem to be really, really consistent. Um, and so we've had more volunteers than we've had uh, sort of space to accommodate those, those companies who want to volunteer. Well, I guess that's a great problem to have. You know, personally, I think it would be the opposite, you know, finding a venue and stuff like that. So have you ever had to had an experience where someone said that they were not interested in sponsoring the Ruby meetup? Yeah, essentially, they just didn't come forward. Um, I'd say for us, uh, we've had, you know, financial sponsorship in the form of MailChimp and Pardot over the years, and they would just write checks. And they, that's if we don't get anyone else to pay for food, that's who it is. But you know, the larger companies, at least in my experience, the larger companies that are um, have a stake in using the language, if they're built into that, they've been a pretty easy sell, right? So any of the larger Ruby shops, if they're based in Atlanta, um, they they sort of, they've actually the last time, you know, in the spring, we had sort of an opening because our longtime sponsor, which is Pivotal Labs, uh, they kind of wanted to take a break because they weren't using Ruby and they were like, and also the employee who was sort of helping us with it, he was changing roles. So we were like, oh my God, we haven't had to do this for a couple of years. What are we going to do? We put out a call and even just at the meetup, there was like four companies who were like literally fighting over each other to get my attention to say, no, 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 we'll pay for food. We'll give you the space. We'll do all of it. Um, and uh, we then had, we then had a couple of them vying for which, which who would offer the most perks to our, our members. And we even got so food and space and parking validation <laughs> and, uh, and a consistent venue for at least a, at least a year. Um, by the end of it. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's a great success story, you know, with running a meetup. Yeah, yeah so one of the interesting things that I actually learned about that is, uh, and this is a couple lessons learned. So there was a time where we did before two years ago, change venues a lot because we were worried about appearing to be partial to a single sponsor, single venue. We found that dramatically actually reduced attendance um, because people, especially when they're coming in the evenings, if they have been to that place before, they know how to get in through the door, they know how to get up the elevator, whatever it is, uh, changing the venue into a new uncertain place because not every member is going to come every month 
uh, actually got really negative feedback. Like we did sort of a, a private poll of our members. And they were like, no, I just want a place I know how to get to. And I, I don't really care if you, if they're willing to sponsor the meetup and be consistent, they really preferred that. Uh, so it was a really interesting thing we learned. We're like, oh, okay, we should just find a single place to keep it instead of offering more variety. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I think I would agree with that sentiment as well. I wouldn't like changing venues always, especially because for me personally, it takes me a while to, or a distance to travel to a Ruby meetup. Yep. So what are some of the other, quote, hidden costs with running a meetup? Because I know that for the Atlanta Ruby group specifically, their meetup is on meetup.com yeah. to register or say that you're attending and stuff. Yep. So I think that meetup.com has a certain fee even for personal or small events. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, meetup charges $15 a month and you pay in a six-month installment. At least that's the general plan that we're on. That allows a user to be an organizer of a meetup of a certain size. Um, so the way that we've been able to pay for that is, um, so when I when I took over, actually, from years ago, we had financial sponsorships through a couple of local companies. And so there was about, there were several thousand dollars and essentially uh, a, a previous account that was like just a, a dedicated checking account. So it's not like a 501, you know, one, see whatever the nonprofit designation is, mm -hmm. but a couple companies had written checks. And so I got transferred that and I made another, like a separate checking account that just keeps the money for the Ruby meetup. Um, and we've gotten a few other sponsorships since then. Uh, we haven't had one in the last year or two because we haven't had to use much of it, but that's the main thing that comes out of that account uh, is that that debit card is tied to paying for a meetup and we'd be able to pay for it for, for many, many years. A couple other meetup organizers I've talked to have gotten uh, if they have sort of a central sponsor for the meetup uh, for the venue, usually these companies that you know putting fifteen dollars a month on their corporate card and you know being listed as a sponsor uh, is is pretty trivial to them. Um, and but you can also ask for for financial contributions to cover that. Outside of that, it's almost always going to be venue um, and food. Food is the biggest one, right? Venues mm -hmm. are, are are fairly easy to come by as long as you're willing to work with larger companies because they they love to have engineers come to their office space, right? It's, it's a free recruiting marketing tool for them. Um, but if you don't give them the opportunity to do that and pay for the food, finding financial sponsorship for the food is usually where I find uh, myself and other meetup organizers have trouble um, because. You know, just saying, oh, your food was paid for by X doesn't seem to give many people that much of an inclination. And it, it is hard to get companies to just write flat out checks um, to you because they unless they're going to put it on their card, there's a whole bunch of coordination hassle. Um, and food is expensive. I mean, we, we end up paying if we're doing pizza it's somewhere between two and three hundred dollars a month for our for our users. Um, and if we want anything better than pizza, it's even more than that. If we want to do drinks, it's also on top of that. It adds up pretty quickly to not be an in. Uh, insignificant amount of money um so so that's that's really i think the the key is like try to find really a good patron for the meetup that's willing to make that easier because otherwise the hassle of uh you if you don't know who the sponsor is next and, and what i mean by also finding a sponsor make it a consistent sponsor if you don't want to do a whole mm -hmm. bunch of light work right like there's this company they're agreeing to do all these things and and for the most part like you know don't get in the way of the company letting to letting the company do that in the appearance of like, oh, we're partial to this company. Um, I just haven't found that to be a real actual problem in real life, but the hassle of finding money for food, finding a new venue, find, and, and having to do that every month is an enormous time suck. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and people don't like it. They'd rather have it be consistent and, and just be there. Um, and the more you package that stuff together, companies are more receptive to that, to, to paying for that anyways. It's easier for them if they don't have to, like, if you're not having to hassle someone every month and find a new office manager who's willing to figure everything out. Well, how do we get people into the elevators after six or whatever? Um, yeah, yeah, so do you have any advice if someone's wanting to start their own meetup? Do they need to have a website or is something like meetup.com sufficient? I, I would recommend using meetup.com. Um, if you so so I think um, people are kind of used to looking uh, on there, specifically developer groups. Um, and I think outside of that, uh, the exposure it gives you is just you just can't beat that. I mean, if you just started a website and tried to go market it yourself, mm-hmm. you're you're asking for a part-time job. Um, and, and in effect, like most people may even ask you then if you have uh, a meetup.com site. We had a, a, an actual website for years um, and we had Google Analytics and we, we tracked it. And it really wasn't very heavy traffic. In fact, we also found that almost everyone coming to the site was linking to it off the link off of meetup.com. So they got all the information they needed and then we're linking to this other site that had largely the same information. Um, I'm not saying don't do it if you don't want to, but um, I would invest in the meetup platform. I think it's the largest of itself out there and make that look nice, you know, like get, get a logo together, like, you know, take some time to make the banners nice and, and do all that stuff and set it up correctly. Um, but I wouldn't really imagine there's much else you're going to do better on your own site unless you want to, unless you really have a specific reason. Yeah. Cool. And is there any advice that you would, uh, advise against or things that you would advise against someone doing if they're trying to organize a meetup? So I think um, unless you're tied to, let's say, um, you're in a you know somewhat sized city or even a smaller sized city, and you're like, okay, I, I really want to meet up around this technology. Um, it's a commonly used technology. You might have really quick success in terms of getting a decent enough group uh, of, of members that uh, and people who want to attend. But most likely, it's going to be a bit slower than that. And the main thing I've I've said is I've always found is don't be inconsistent. So. Um, you know, we've had meetups in a course of, you know, given a year with 80 people and with 15, right? And it, I mean, we, we met uh, the day after the 2016 election just because we always are in a certain part of the month and we still held the meetup, even though everyone is exhausted or happy or sad or whatever it was. Um, so people respect consistency, I found, you know, like if you start something and you're getting 10 people or five people, keep holding it because that's, that's, people want a relationship to the meetup they, that you want people that are going to come consistently. So the main thing to avoid is don't be flaky. If you're going to do it, do it and just say, I'm going to do it for a year and then evaluate whether I should continue investing the time after a year. Don't do it for a month because like meetup is, is littered with meetups that meet inconsistently or meet for a few months and then never meet again and, and they always fail. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's great advice. I guess it's one of those field of dreams, you know, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. But, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. If you tear down your field after, you know, no one shows up, then it will never take off. So that's good advice. And and don't like, and and have a reason for people to show up. Uh, There's a lot of groups out there that are really, really, um, people don't know what to expect. They're just sort of pie in the sky, like, oh, we're a general technology meetup. Um, And sometimes they get some members, but you'll get often a lot of people who are like, you know, not not to be derogatory, you'll get real estate agents and other network marketing people who are just trying to show up to sell stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, we, we're, we're a Ruby users meetup group. Uh, we do some web stuff. We have two meetups. We also have the hack night and that's specifically like we describe what it is, why you're going, what it's for. Um, we're not trying to be, uh, you know, too 
you know, we're not, we're not going to give you a motivational speech in our description. It's here's a meetup for these kinds of things. Here's what we're going to do. You know, come if you want. Awesome. Was there anything else that someone should know about organizing their own meetup or even just attending a meetup? Yeah, I mean, if you're really interested in starting your, so if you're if you're interested in attending, a lot of I get a lot of questions uh, about people wondering if they should show up or if they'll be too junior or they'll be welcome if they're if you're more on the business side. I've never found a meetup organizer who seems to think you shouldn't come. So feel free to come if you want to start your own meetup. Um, I would actually say that a lot of meetups all there's well one search to see if there's a meetup that's already out there that's a little bit of a zombie that has a bunch of members that's very related to what you want to do because I've had people who've seen a lot of success by taking one over because the organizer was getting a little busy and that might be a great way to kind of get controlled meetup. It's already got a, a good membership. Um, but alternatively go volunteer to help out with a meetup. You know, the organizers are always willing it's all volunteer. Um, and that way you get kind of the experience of a sort of flow of organizing that stuff. And therefore it's very easy to, to then start your own um, versus, um, you know, just starting from scratch. Awesome. And do you have any uh, other advice for attendees like the do's or don't do's when visiting a meetup? I, I would say the only thing to do is just to be mindful of the fact that like the organizers are volunteers and are just sort of doing this offhand. So, you know, sometimes I get private messages of someone who's very angry about the location or pissed off about the speaker is going to doesn't have slides that they want to send out beforehand. Like they think it's like a class where like, they can demand X, Y. So it's very much like if you're on GitHub and you're working with open source, right? Like don't sit there angry because they didn't have the feature that you want or something. Um, you know, as long as you're respectful, but that's, that's the only time I find that I've myself or other organizers seem to get very annoyed when people want to like demand our time, like, Oh, we should have more events more than just the one monthly. And like, well then, you know, you organize it. So, um, stuff like that. That's really about it. Yep. And that's fair. Cause I think, you know, again, a lot of us, who just simply attend meetups often forget that there's kind of a human behind the scenes organizing all of it or a team right. of people. And that this is just in addition to everything yeah. else that they have going on in life. So yeah. personally for me to you, I appreciate your efforts that you put into it and I hope others are uh, very grateful and thankful as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just uh, thought of one other note that I, I think I should mention. Um, uh, one of the most helpful things for me in my sort of career in terms of employment, and this is to all the people who maybe are junior or looking to switch jobs, I don't think that there's a better way to market yourself technically than to volunteer to give a talk at a meetup. Um, and so the one thing I'd say is I, I get a lot of people who are nervous because they've been to the meetups and they've seen, you know, the talks can vary in difficulty, but they just seem really, really nervous about volunteering. They think they have to be some sort of you know, quoted professional uh, at some or have given conference talks to come to meetup talk. Like, I think it's sort of the opposite. Be really free about volunteering. And uh, every organizer is always looking for talks. And it's a really, really good way to market yourself and to hone in your skills. Um, and, you know, generally, if you actually go to the meetups, you'll see the audience is pretty, pretty okay with uh, you saying, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of a more you know, familiar community sort of set up than a large conference where you're going to look bad if you don't have an answer. So, so volunteer to give yeah. talks. It'll help you a lot. Awesome. Well, Riaz, if people want to find you online or if they want to follow you on Twitter or something, where should they go? So I'm maybe with a few people that's not really heavy on Twitter. Uh, probably the best place to find me is my blog that I post periodically on, which is uh, pennyforyourcode.com. Um, and alternatively, if you're in the Atlanta area, I'm, uh, 
fairly you know active on the Tech 404 Slack channel, so it's really easy to find me there, um, and or I guess email me. But that, if you want to follow my stuff, it's mainly going to be on the blog. Awesome. Yeah, I'll be sure to put a link to that in the show notes. Yep. Well, Riaz, I really appreciate you coming and talking to me tonight, today on the uh, organizing a meetup. Sure. It's a lot of great information. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Bye.